Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Tara, and we are here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. As determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And today, the movie with the 12th scariest movie moment of all time is Misery from the year 1990, directed by Rob Reiner. Dude! (laughs) Based on a book by Stephen King. Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love him. He's our baby. We love Stephen King. I love this movie. I love when Rob Reiner adapts Stephen King books. It's just very good for me. He really did such a fucking bang up job, dude. It's like... I like this movie. Perfectly directed and perfectly cast. Yes. Very, very good. Rest in peace, James Caan. Yeah. Love that man. You want to know something really silly? Yes. Is my first association with Rob Reiner like that, like ever, is the uh, the time he was on an episode of Hannah Montana. What episode <laughs> he, like, of Hannah Montana was he? He played in? himself of like getting mad about a dinner reservation. <laughs> I like that, that like tickles the back of my brain, you know? Right? Like I vaguely remember it. That was the first time I ever heard the name Rob Reiner, and now I remember what he looks like all the time. <laughs> I love Rob Reiner. He makes he's a good, good movies. He's a good actor. He's a good director. He's a good egg. He's very mad about that that dinner reservation, let me tell you. Well, he's Rob Reiner. Have some respect. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, j- just right off the bat, this is like so sick, the way he like <laughs> does everything. It's like the little lucky strike cigarette and then like the champagne <sighs> and like the single glass like already it's like look at these things and we're like yes we're already making points because james Kahn is typing 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 away he has just finished his latest novel he's a famous author named paul sheldon not to be confused with stephen king they're different <laughs> um, but he has this ritual of whenever he finishes a book he smokes one cigarette that's the only time he smokes and he pops a bottle of champagne so it's like a, he seems like a very ritual oriented guy yeah, because he yes. also always drives up to this cabin in the mountains where he writes his books. That's where he finishes them. And then he drives down the mountain to like bring the paper copy to his publisher because it's the old days. Yeah. Um, and he has this little like leather briefcase and he like, we like see him have it in his car and then we get like a little flashback um to him talking to his agent and he's like i've had this thing for a long time and i always put my manuscripts in here and she's like that's great and then it's like yay and so he gets into his snowy ass car because it's snowing quite a lot he makes a little snowball and has a little fun which i thought was very cute it's so cute he's like still got it and i was like okay i love him god fucking damn it i love him immediately and just like the most like torrential devastating blizzard in the world is happening and he's driving down this winding mountain this won't go well when will stephen king protagonist learn that their actions have consequences (laughs) pull over you dumbass go tomorrow check out that tomorrow. applies to two whole stephen king movies <laughs> only on this podcast alone pull over it's so good though because like if if you know anything about stephen king you know there's a car accident coming yep um but it's like we get this very like ritualistic nice like moment he's finishing the book he's like having a little like bit with himself and there's like a fun song on the uh, on the radio and i was like teehee and like then misery comes across the screen and i was like Oh, wait. And then he like starts <laughs> to fiddle with the windshield wipers. And I was like, oh, no. It's like, oh, yeah, that's this movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got oh, so wrapped no. up in like having a good time. It was like, oh, oops. 
Yeah, so he for sure loses control of his car and crashes and like flips over, hits a it's tree. It's so wild. <laughs> it's like very quiet too. Like I looked down to write notes, and then I looked up and his car was upside down, and I was like, ah. <laughs> "Wait, wait, wait." <laughs> It's also interesting, like, because you're, I've known about misery for a long time and I've never experienced what it is. So I'm kind of like, oh, misery, like being trapped in a house with a crazy person would be miserable. But um, <laughs> we do also learn in that agent flashback where he explains his little briefcase that he's in the business of misery. He Let's sure take is. it from the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's got a body like an hourglass. Anyway, um, so I was so surprised because a lot of Stephen King self-inserts are horror authors um but uh paul sheldon writes romance novels um it's literally like those little like paperbacks you see at like the grocery store yeah, they're like yeah. tiny like thick ass books yeah like the daniel with, like, curly like, yeah daniel Steele with like curly ass writing on the cover like shirtless scotsman and shit fabio uh, etc yes fabio oh my god <laughs> um and i was kind of like oh that's such a cool departure and then i was like Oh, that doesn't bode great. <laughs> Especially because like one of the taglines is like like this crazed fan Annie Wilkes insists she write a book just or he write a book just for her and I'm like, "Oh no." Uh-oh. But yeah, he um goes flying off the road after we get a little bit of detail about him. He's also not very happy writing romance novels. He feels like it's too fluffy and like he wants to be done. He wants to like um, make a departure from the romance novels and like try something new, but then there's that fear that like he's built his fan base on these romance novels. Right. If he writes something else, they'll reject him. Uh, but we kind of, I think yeah. he does say like the yeah his agent who's Lauren Bacall, which is fantastic Great, with special appearance by Lauren Bacall. She eats. It's so yep. perfect. It's like just the right. Ugh. Uh but she's like, yeah, you kind of went and killed your like whole thing your his main character is misery chastain mm-hmm. um also known as jessica chastain's evil twin <laughs> um and so he kills her off um and we like are to understand kind of from this flashback and then going back that he's just killed this like central character um because he's like excited to move on to new things mm-hmm. um and so as his car is upside down getting covered in snow and rob reiner's name flashes across <laughs> the screen um I mean, it doesn't happen right then, but this this person, this like invisible, like you're in their like point of view, like crowbars the car open and drags him out. It's Annie Wilkes, mama, and she is strong. This woman is fucking yoked. She swings him like over her shoulder, like a sack of potatoes and trudges through a blizzard with James Conn. Like James Conn's not like a twig of a man. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like sturdy. a sizable, yeah, sturdy man. He's like a whole guy. Yeah, and she just tosses him over her shoulder and like tricks on through the snow. It's bonkers. Um, and it was, I'm going to just, we're going to get this out of the way now because I'm going to have feelings about it. Kathy Bates is a beautiful woman, but she's yeah. like, you know, she's like a bigger gal. Yep. Um, and I was watching it and having like a grand old time and I was like, I bet this book is so fatphobic to her. And I don't know because I haven't read it, <laughs> but I just have a feeling. It's certainly possible, but I also I haven't read say, it, so I can't comment. That's so fair. I, I was just like having a grand old time, and I was like, and she's kind of like, I mean, she's not okay, but like she's out here. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know. I but, forget there was like before 
the play adaptation that was recently on Broadway happened. That's right. Like, they were trying to make a play of it. And I forget who the actress was who was going to be Annie. And Stephen King was like, she's like 110 pounds soaking wet. She cannot be Annie Wilkes. Like, that is like so incorrect to Let's the character. Let's fucking go. That's the thing, too, because it's like she also just has to be like, you can be tiny and um and be able to lift up people. But I feel like you got you you gotta be a little sturdy to lift up a whole 45 year old man yeah and you know like she's a woman who like lives by herself on a farm she does a lot of yeah. like farm work and labor like she's right she's gotta be stocky or else it doesn't yeah, make she's sense. not non-genue yeah it doesn't make sense <laughs> um so that was nice at least like and the thing is i'm like it's like it would be more boring if she was like a great person you know it would be boring. It would not be uh, So it's be a good thing she's a fucking wackadoodle. Exactly right. There'd be happen. no movie. It would just be like a really weird rom-com. <laughs> well, no, he probably just would have crashed his car and died. So That's also true. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. In addition to her um, her being jacked, she's also very skilled because James Conn wakes up just like to the sight of an IV bag. Yeah. Oh my God, that's like visibly in a house. Like we know it's in a house, but like visibly inside a house. Right. And it's so funny because like you hear Kathy Bates voice like, I'm your number one fan, like, et cetera, et cetera, kind of like looping. And it sounds like it should be like dreamlike audio. You know what I mean? But it's really just her looming over him, like speaking in like unbroken sentences, like not letting him respond. Just I'm your number one fan. I have all your books. I'm so glad I found you. I'm your number one fan. It's like, girl. Yeah. She's like practicing. Well, it's actually it's funny, though, because like he doesn't like it's he has like enough like ego deprivation that he doesn't get freaked out as soon as he should well yeah because like right away she has like a really good story working in her favor like she's a nurse she found his car on the side of the roads she got him out took him home there's been this insane blizzard so all the roads are closed all the phone lines are down she's like as soon as those roads are opened up like we'll get you to the hospital but like i have this stash of medical supplies like taking care of you as best i can here and then we'll transport you so like makes sense but yeah and like he's also i mean he's on i wanted to google if this was real it was like the tannis root the novel it's a fake it's a it's supposed to be like an opioid of some kind but right. it's just a fake derivative yeah that's fair um but i i like that it's not real you know yeah, what i mean the novel just adds a little like what is she giving him yep. he's also on pain meds is why i bring that up which um, um a big part of the book which i have not read is that paul sheldon is like an addict and is like right. I had a feeling take drugs anymore. Yeah, the way he like cherishes his one cigarette and like glass of champagne, right. you know, like mm -hmm. he has substance abuse issues. And like, that's a much bigger problem in the book than it is in the movie, like him relapsing on drugs. Right. Well, that was I had there were several times where I was like, Oh, this is gonna be about drugs. And it's like, ah, not really. Right. Um, and it works without it. But I you know, it's there's always like, I, I kept having moments where I was like, I would kill to be inside his head right now. Yeah. But Yes, she's like, you've been out for two days, very dead zone, except not even a little bit. <laughs> like, if very fraction of the two dead days. zone. <laughs> Instead of, what, what, like 15 years? What was it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I did, I did in my friend's apartment, cats in and go, the ice is gonna break, even though it was just snow. You have to sometimes. I had to, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been there two days, and he's all fucked up, and she's His like, legs are Ooh. fucked. She's, she's like, like, here, I'm proud of the worst. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're like the most bruised, horrific things ever. Oh, it's so bad. They're like lumpy. 
yeah and like so purple which like okay makes sense but like oh it's they so like barely bad. ever show us the feet because the feet are so fucked <laughs> it's so gross no free foot pics <laughs> that's oh, we were that's at um, priscilla last night and oh my God, so yeah. many goddamn toes in that movie <laughs> and tori kept turning to me and going oh we and i was like no we paid for a movie ticket <laughs> <laughs> sophia coppola answer well apparently elvis had a foot fetish god damn it <laughs> so it was really like the smartest choice ever <laughs> yeah i'm gonna need men with foot fetishes to shut the hell up as we did a double feature we saw priscilla and then came home and watched elvis <laughs> oh my god that's really good it was such a one-two punch okay sorry no kathy bates good. is a nurse yep so paul's agent calls the police department in town and it's actually a very funny exchange because she's like can i talk to the sheriff or the chief of police and this old man buster he's like you're speaking to both of them and he's like i'm also like the handyman like a good fishing guide like blah 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 very like i was gonna say big small town energy but that's a confusing way to say it but very small town energy um and she says she's calling about paul he knows who he is a because he's a famous author and b because he comes here every time he writes a book and she's like can someone just like look into it like i don't know if i'm being paranoid but i just want like someone to keep an eye on things and so he puts a sticky note with paul sheldon's name on a cork board and he's like we'll handle it <laughs> <laughs> It's so sweet, though, because um, she's like trying not to freak out. She's like, I know I'm being a little silly, mm -hmm. but it's just that like his daughter hasn't heard from him. I haven't heard from him. He has a new book coming out. Normally he wouldn't do this. Very Audra Denborough of her to be like, hey, do I need to come down there or something? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Buster's like fidgeting with this rubber band after they get, they get off the phone call. And I was like, uh, he's he did something bad. He's nervous. No, <laughs> he's just thinking. It's just to make us nervous, I think. It's like, hey, look at that. And it's like, Mwah. Speaking of which, <laughs> things are about to get not as tense as they should be mm -hmm. because James Kahn, a.k.a. Paul, is is continuing to be nursed back to health by Annie. And he says to her, oh, it's kind of a miracle that you found me out there. And she's like, you know, in a way, I was following you. <laughs> in what way? You mean in the way of you were following him? In the literal sense that she was following him. She in lives here way? and knows that he was staying at the lodge because she's his biggest fan. She knows he always goes there to write every book. So she would sit outside the lodge and like watch the light in his room and think about him being in there. And I was like, whoa. And then she's like, good thing I saved you so you can write more books. I'm like, Annie missing the point yeah. missing yeah. the point wildly and also he's okay so many people are missing the point because paul True. she is shaving him with a straight razor right now by the <laughs> way sweeney todding him being like i followed Literally. you yeah exactly so um paul misses the point twice because the first time she's like i was wondering what the greatest writer in the world was doing up there and he swings his head over to the side and is like say it again so the first time he misses the point because oh my god that's a red flag the second time he misses the point is because he just barely escapes slitting his own throat open <laughs> true like i guess he's like wildly famous enough that that has be that behavior has become like normalized to him he's like yeah that's what people do sit outside the lodge and like because like up until yeah. this point she hasn't like trespassed or like crossed any like literal boundaries other than like being right. a freak like that's weird yeah. but not like on its own dangerous you know i well, don't it's know like um 
I I wrote earlier the like the like reward of the cigarette and the champagne is like mm -hmm. kind of hollow. Like he doesn't look very happy. Um, and like not to do this, but I'm reading Salem's Lot, and mm -hmm. there's another author character, and his name is Ben Mears, and it's like he similarly like needs that validation. Also, even though he's kind of famous, like I feel like that's it's like an insecurity thing. Yeah. But it's also interestingly tempered by the fact that he's not freaked out by it at all. He's like, oh, this is great. It's like, right. Well, because we oh. see that too. Like, he wants to write a different kind of book for himself, but he's scared to do it because, like, the people, right. the fan base he's garnered might not like it anymore. So he, like, still feels this need for their approval. God. And it's so frustrating because, <laughs> well, first of all, it's really funny because she's like, hey, stupid. Why'd you do that? Why'd you drive in a snowstorm? Which is like one of the few good points she makes throughout the yeah. whole film. It's like, she's got you there. Um, but like, it hasn't crossed all, the, it hasn't crossed into scary territory. It's crossed into creepy territory. It's I was like say. fucking weird. Yeah, but like not dangerous yet. And like, right when you're kind of like, okay, so she's definitely stalking him. And like, you know what's about to happen if you're us. Yeah. But um, she's like, hey, listen, can you do me a favor? And he's like, yeah, like, what? <laughs> Because, like, what can he do right now? And she's like, I saw, like, that you had a manuscript in there. Like, can I read it? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm very, very, like, strict about who I let read advanced copies. You know, it's only for, like, my agent and, like, my daughter or somebody. And he's like, and people who saved me from freezing to death in a car accident. And I'm like, and she's like, who, me? <laughs> and it's like, don't give them a cute rapport right now. Don't do I that know. to me. And she's, like, twirling in a circle. Like, she's so excited, which, like, yeah. understandable. If, like, your favorite person in the whole world is right. like giving you early access to like their thing that they create like that would be very very exciting and i think like he's feeding off of that a little bit too like he's like she loves me so much and like right. i can make her love me more you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. far too many times where i was watching the movie and it was like i'm in this picture and i don't like it no like <laughs> sorry keep going no, I mean, like, not to the kidnappy extent, but, like, she'll do, like, little things, and I'm like, oh, no. It's because, like, the two of us are people who are, like, entrenched in fan culture. Like, mm -hmm. I consider myself a fan girl. I spend, yep. like, thousands of dollars and take many trips to see my favorite <laughs> band perform. Like, I get yep. it. I get Me being, too. like, so into something. Mm -hmm. However, I don't have that switch in my brain that makes me like right. follow people to their house and take rocks from their yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yes, I mean, and because I feel like they do make a concerted effort to like yes. humanize Annie as much as possible. Oh, like you can empathize with her even though like she does heinous, unforgivable, terrible things that I myself would never do. Right. But you can like understand her as a person, you know? Right. Like you can see it's like it's, it's almost like Ma a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's like you can see the through line. You can like it's very easy to like pull the thread and then it's like you get like a little snag and you're like, all right, I'm running out of logic. And then you get a little more. And mm -hmm. so it's like, hey, I get why she's like that. I wish she would stop it. <laughs> right. And because like they she goes into more detail of this like later in the movie about how like she was going through a difficult time like a divorce and like that's when she found paul sheldon's books and like she really like 
attached herself to it and really connected with it and like found something to like make her feel good and like as professional fan girls ourselves i feel like that's a sentiment like we understand like music or a movie or books like bringing you some sense of like peace and fulfillment that you didn't otherwise have oh yeah which, like, and i've had like the go ahead sorry nah, that was really it <laughs> i've had the like favorite character dying thing too mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna get into all that it was really weird um just because the character came back and it made no sense but uh, and it was like, I like I literally, like I was dramatic. I was like 17, but like she died and I like crashed to my knees in my dad or in my bedroom in my dad's apartment. He was like, you good? And I was like, they <laughs> killed Alana. <laughs> it's like, I totally get it. Like, I don't yeah. get it, but I understand. Right. <laughs> like I get the crying yeah. and I get the like, you know, being like, oh my God. Yeah, the, like I understand the impulses, but I don't right. understand the way she acts on those impulses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, to be clear, I don't think it's cool to sit outside your favorite author's lodge and watch him right through the window. I don't think that's okay. Even if he says it's okay, don't do that. Even if he seems to like it, don't do it. He's so lonely. Don't do that to him. So they're having like a fun little conversation, but then uh, Paul kind of like like crunches up uh, and he's in pain and she goes, your pain's just like clockwork, isn't it? And I was like, huh? Why? What'd you do? <laughs> um but yeah she's like oh my gosh i'm sorry that i left you here i'm making you feel all oogie which is the first of uh, many wackadoodle things that she says she's just got these fucking little like cutesy words and phrases that she uses all the time that are so specific and so like off-putting yeah and i just realized that's why i've been saying wackadoodle is because of cockadoody there's a brief like police interlude of buster investigating at the lodge but he doesn't really get much intel because the guy who owns the lodge is like yeah he like got his champagne and his cigarette you know he checked out as usual everything's as it should be so there's not much of a trail there yeah the only thing really it's like he's a nice guy he's kind of unobtrusive he doesn't like think he's hot shit and he drives a 65 mustang <laughs> yep back at the homestead annie's like feeding him soup or something i don't know oh yeah she is Ugh. feeding him soup and she tells him that she's 40 pages into the book and she's like very upset about the swearing in the, the book. swearing paul the swearing paul she goes from like pissed off about it to fucking screaming and sloshing the soup everywhere and she's screaming like see what you made me do she's in her reputation era literally she's like oh yeah like he's like well it's like the kids in the book are like he says slum kids which is not great but he's like i was a slum kid like you know that's how people talk and she's like oh what you think i talk like that and he's like huh and she's like no you think i go to the feed store and i ask for the bitchly cow feed of the christing eh? <laughs> Like, oh my God, bitchly. That was a new one. <laughs> bitchly was really like, good. Christing I've heard, but bitchly was really fucking funny. She kind of ate. She eats all the time. Oh my it's God. Regrettable. Every single fucking thing she does. And then like, she like flips out. And then I don't remember how much she deescalates before just going, I love you, Paul. I mean, your mind. I love your mind. <laughs> it's pretty much instantaneous. Like, she spills the soup on him. Yeah. He's, like, fucking terrified. And she's like, yeah. Illy. <laughs> um, it's time for the actual power couple, though, of True. the movie, which is Virginia and Buster. Um, I love them. Virginia is the police deputy. Oh, my God. I'm so obsessed with them. Oh, she had a really um, funny line when he was on the phone with the agent because she, like, walked into the police, I'm saying in quotes, station. Yeah. It's like a cabin. But she walks in while he's on the phone and she's like, phone call? 
we're busy today. <laughs> it's so good. And it's just like so important how small the town is. Yeah. Like they don't even fucking get phone calls, you know? Right. Like one um, phone call to the police station is a busy day. Right. Like she's joking, but like it's also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they decide they're going to go out on a drive and see if they can see uh, like a 65 Mustang anywhere um, or like any car crash evidence. Mm -hmm. And they're in the like the car. I don't know if it's a cop car or just their fucking car. But she like starts to try to give him a handy while she's driving. <laughs> Bold. Um, Which not knowing that they're married, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but he pulls a Dewey kind of and he's like, now listen. When yeah. you're in this car, you're my deputy, not my wife. <laughs> Deputies do not give hand jobs. <laughs> and she's like, well, this deputy would like to be back in bed with the sheriff. And so, and he's like, mm, okay. But he seems to be like a really skilled cop for what it's worth for like yeah. the lack of work he seems to need to do. Cause like he makes them pull over like very quickly cause he sees a broken tree limb which like his wife is like it's probably like from the snow falling and he's like maybe or maybe it's something else and he starts like investigating down the embankment and is just like falling into snow and they're so funny he's <laughs> yeah. just like you need help and he's like no i'm doing this for fun like it's Waist like they're very like snow. snippy yeah they're very snippy at each other but it feels like fun and like affectionate which is nice yeah they're like being funny they're being goofballs yeah. but yeah unlike me buster's pretty onto something and he's like like shimmying down the uh the snowbank and virginia's like okay what are we doing here and he's like yeah you're right there's probably nothing and he like turns back around and starts to go back up and we zoom out and he's like fucking five feet away from the car oh my god he just Drop. misses it and and he drives by them like right in this moment yes. which feels so sinister one two punch holy yep. shit Oh, okay, but Annie is on her way home from town where she has just acquired the new misery book, uh, which I don't think she is going to like because as no. we know, Paul killed off misery, who like she fucking loves misery. Like yeah. beyond loving the books, like misery is her girl. Like that like is her, her favorite friend, character. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and she's lying so fucking hard about the roads still being closed. Yes. He's like, Oh, you got to town, so the roads must be open. And she was like, Well, they only like paved the or like shoveled the one going into town. And I'm like, not the one going to the hospital. Yeah, no. <laughs> they wouldn't and, prioritize that over the feed store. And she's like, and don't worry, I called your agent. And he's like, Oh, the phones are working. And she's like, Well, not mine, just the town phone. So yeah, I can't go back out there because the roads are closed. I mean, like, <laughs> there's like so many holes in her story and she keeps like talking herself back around them. Um, speaking of Annie loving misery so much, yeah. James Conn wakes up from a little nap and there's a pig in his room and she's so cute. She's so cute. But it was like just the last thing I was ever expecting. Mm -hmm. And so I just like, again, like I too am kind of just waking up to a pig in my bedroom and I was right. like, hello. And Annie comes in. She's like, this is misery. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my god. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Hi, girl. Which, like, to be fair, naming her pig after her favorite book character is, like, the least weird and freakish thing she's done. Yeah, truly, the fact that her pig's name is Misery is his fucking fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James Conn is just so funny, and Kathy Bates is so perfect. She's, like, snorting so like good. a pig. It's just... Oh my god. <laughs> she's like, what's that ceiling that Dago painted? And he's oh like... God 
the Sistine Chapel, and she's like, yeah, that that and Misery's Child are the only two divine things in the world. <laughs> like, almost like without missing a fucking beat, like chasing her what? sow. She doesn't introduce her as her pig. She said, this is my sow, my sow. Misery. I thought it was time for you two to meet. Oh my, oh my god. god. It's, so per- it's so good. It's perfect. Oh, also she mentions how she's like plowing through that book. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not good. Not oh, a good no. thing at all. Um, and I think very immediately it's time for like divorce besties talk. Yeah. Um, because we hear a decent amount about um, Paul's daughter, but nothing about a wife. Um, and so one of the classic things has to have happened. She either died or she cheated or she left. It's, you know, she's out of the picture. And so when Annie is like explaining that she was in this dark place and the books helped her, she's like, you know, I was really blindsided. Like when my husband left and he's like, yeah, like I, I get how that is. Um, and he's he's like kind of got the blankets weird up on him oh, yeah. and i'm kind of like all right <laughs> and she's like looking wistfully out the window and she's like you know and i threw myself into work and i worked nights but nights at the hospital can be so lonely because they live in a small town mm-hmm. uh, and she's talking about she got into the books and she felt like she had a friend finally and then she's like anyway you're done pissing <laughs> <laughs> and so he's i don't know what the word for it is like a pitcher of pee like you, yeah. you know the they have them in hospitals and whatnot. But she's talking and she's just like waving this jug of piss around <laughs> while she's talking. It's so funny. The purest moment of comedy in the movie is it's her so flinging his pee around. It's dark. <laughs> Drink some water. He's very dehydrated. No kidding. Uh, but also she is like almost done with the book. Yeah, she's uh, on page 300. Yeah, so James Conn goes to bed and he wakes up to Annie walking into his room while he's sleeping. She looks very upset and she just says, you. <laughs> like the second I heard the door shut, cause like she, you, you've like seen her close it qu- quietly and it's just like, Fwoomp, and I went, oh, Paul. <laughs> That's, and then she goes into you dirty bird. She can't be dead. And she's back to like, full flipping out and she's like slamming his bed up and down in like a way that is clearly very painful to him (laughs) yeah she like knocks a planter over and is literally about to bring down the like wooden part on him she goes you murdered her and he goes no i didn't she goes who did and he's like well and like it was very common for women of that era to die in childbirth (laughs) like and she goes from like screaming while like you murdered her you murdered my misery throwing shit screaming to like completely like flat and she's just Mm -hmm. like i thought you were good i don't think i better be around you for a while and leaves and it's also like kind of peppers in surprise you're kidnapped by the oh, way fucking yeah she says nobody's coming for you i never called anybody and nobody knows you're here so like if i die you die peace out <laughs> yeah deuces she's like i better not be around you for a while drives away uh <laughs> which like is terrifying for him because he is like immobile he can't like feed himself without her he can't like piss without her like he needs her for everything or else he will die which i think he comes to that he comes to that realization very quickly and also like she's gone maybe i can get the fuck out of here which like seems to be forgetting his fucking mangled ass legs oh like (laughs) he kind of starts right quick because it's kind of just come down on him like okay this is not cute this This is is a bad situation to be in this is not weird this is dangerous 
and weird but you know <laughs> and like he manages one hand down on the ground and i said this is already so brutal like it hasn't even happened yet and he's already like screaming in pain literally this was the only time in the movie i had to close my eyes like i couldn't mm -hmm. look at the screen mm -hmm. as he like started when his legs hit the floor i literally oh. i couldn't look like because he's just like so good at acting and this movie's yeah. so good at like world building that like i really believe that these were two like shattered legs hitting the ground i couldn't look at it it was just like watching it and also god like <sighs> watching him leverage himself out of bed like i don't know i like as a kid i would like i would do that kind of just not without the broken legs part right um and it's like you could just you're calculating you can like feel how it. hard he's going down. Yeah, literally, yes. Like I've never Ugh. broken a leg, let alone both, no. let alone broken them that badly, and then like hit a wooden floor with them. But like, right? It's like I, I know how hard they're coming it. down on a regular Ugh. leg, and he just lets out like a blood curdling scream. I really that was so tough for me. I don't know why. No, it's really hard. It's so then, bad. Like, God, he's dragging himself across the floor, and I said, "Sis, that door is gonna be so locked." Yeah, dude, and it is. <laughs> um. So he just kind of is like defeatedly on the ground. Yeah. And we cut away pretty briefly. We just know there's an official search. Oh, I think they're talking with Lauren Bacall again with his agent. Yeah. He's officially like, yeah, a looking. missing person now. Yes. And they're like, we'll let you know if we hear anything. Like, if you hear anything, let us know. Like, the FBI is getting in on it. Like, shit's escalating. So then Annie comes home and she's like, what are you doing on the floor? Yeah, you poor dear thing. And I was like, oh no dirty bird anymore oh yeah then here we get into the god business because she says to him god told me like she was like praying about him because she like got so mad at him or whatever she said god told me he brought you to me so i can show you the way and then she wheels in a grill and his briefcase with his manuscript in it and just starts pouring lighter fluid on it <laughs> It's and also like she, like a lot happens at once because she comes back for the first time completely does not acknowledge like her explosive anger yeah and then is like you know my thoughts can get kind of muddy and I'm like oh this is her way of indirectly acknowledging it but she's like you know that's why I forgot all that stuff on the witness stand in Denver and you're like oh huh? yeah she just throws what? that in there um and then she's like but i remember everything about what i just talked to god about and you're like oh. i said too i was like it's a little freaky that she always has that cross on and i was right she's a little too into god she loves god <laughs> almost as much as she loves misery so much um but oh my god she's like yeah i have a surprise and he's like could i maybe like have a little snack first he's like being very cautious and she's <laughs> Me hunky like, literally same uh and she's like you know you can have whatever you want but first you must listen and then she's like okay here's what's up with god and then the surprise <laughs> is his manuscript on the grill yeah she's like and you have to burn it you have to strike this match and burn i'm like first of all there's like lighter fluid everywhere it feels so dangerous for him yeah. to light that match like okay literally you put so much on there and she's like you have to rid the world of this filth and he's like listen like i, I get it um but i there's like a lot of copies back at my agent's place like everyone's reading it so it's kind of already out there like what is this going to even do and she's like so burn it bitch <laughs> she's like i know that's a lie because like on this date in 1984 like you were on the merv griffin show and you said you only do one copy because you're a very superstitious guy and like the first novel you ever wrote there was only one copy and that was a success so now you only ever have one copy and i know that because i'm your number one fan 
literally it's like oh my god it's so intense and so and there's then, no way then, he's getting and out then, of it and then she starts dousing him with the lighter fluid she's like shaking the, it all over him completely calmly like the first time i thought it was because like she's like getting a little like you know like uh revved up mm -hmm. and like i because like you ever like act with an empty coffee yep, cup yep and then you like throw coffee at someone not realizing what you're doing i was like oh it's that but like for real no no like, it's very intentional it's so she's like I, just, I literally have like while it still exists your mind will never be free oh kerosene on the bed yep yep <laughs> she's like so you know your choice so he's been pretty thoroughly backed into a corner so yeah. he lights the match and tosses it on the grill and like as you would expect it goes up in like tremendous flames and annie's just like oh goodness oh my goodness like her drapes are catching on fire and she's just like <laughs> oh heavens to betsy out. heavens to betsy oh goodness and then she she brings in like a pot of water which i feel like you're not supposed to do i feel like you're supposed to like if there's a fire that big you're supposed to like put like flour on it or something like i feel like yeah. water is not yeah the you have solution. to like it because there's oxygen and that can just keep lighting up when yeah it's that big you're right she dumps a pail of water on it and like looks at the charred remains of the manuscript and she's like well isn't that an oogie mess i do not like saying the word oogie me neither it does it not is feel very good. yucky it oogie. no <laughs> <laughs> so it's like she's not just like i mean obviously we don't know at this point if she had anything to do with the car crash spoiler alert she didn't <laughs> yeah, i guess i didn't. mean that's never confirmed but it kind of feels she's got very lucky yeah and was talking <laughs> but she's him, like so. Oh yeah um but, but like, she's also breaking is... the spirit you know <laughs> Never no i want to know the thing is like if i saw jake kiska get into a car crash i would pry that fucking door open and toss him of over course. my shoulder of like course. i would gain the strength of a hundred women <laughs> i would um, save that boy from his car so fast but you know what you wouldn't do is like set the next album on fire and forbid him to leave i hate i don't like the departure from teabag starcatcher ain't it set it on fire you must rid the world you must rid the world of this fifth and replace it with only the full cut of runway <laughs> you killed her <laughs> you killed my runway blues <laughs> anyway um but there's like a helicopter above <laughs> um and they kind of hear it and they're like mm. but up in the helicopter buster and whoever's flying the, that thing are looking around and they they're like oh it's the old stedman place on the wilkes farm and they see a car and they're like well, that's not a 65 mustang yeah. anyway there's nothing else out here let's turn around and you're just going no no but knowing we're upset annie decides to change the subject um and fires off what is essentially that britney spears tweet of like do you think global warming is real i really like lady gaga i think she's an interesting artist like <laughs> yes. it's that she's like they think the temperature's changing and he's like really and she's like yeah and he's like oh and she's like uh-huh anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird it's amazing when she gives him his novel his little like orange pills again and oh, yeah. once she leaves we see that he's starting to like hide his pills under his mattress he's, he's, he's thinking of something it. he is oh, rosemary's yeah. babying it um this was the most i i this is when i wrote down why is annie me because yep. me too me too i said night, annie is so me <laughs> yeah she's like laying in her bed with like 
a little bag of Cheetos and like a big bottle of Coke and she's watching a TV show called Love Connection and, and like she's giggling. Got a little stuffed animal. Like that is yes. fucking me every morning of this vacation I've had. I sit up uh-huh. in my bed with my little coffee and my little snacks and I cuddle my stuffed animal and I watch my TV. Yep. Precisely exactly that. She is me. And I don't know if it was supposed to be like, look at this fat lady eating her Cheetos I and know. soda in bed or if it was just like, I'm like, I do that. Celebrities, they're just like us. Yeah. That's like one of those things, like I think, I think maybe Steven was like, look at this fat tub of lard. Or like if it was supposed um, to be like an reference, infantilizing thing, because like those yeah. like kid snacks and like she had like a stuffed animal and she was like laughing at the TV. I don't know. I don't know what the point was, but it was me. Uh, I, yeah, it just, it was like, oh, that it, it just speaks to how she is and that how she yeah. is is like how people are. Yeah. And hopefully that was the point. And if it wasn't, hey, hey. stop that enough. <laughs> So I don't know when she brings this up, but she's like, guess what you're going to fucking do? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, because the next day she brings him like a bevy of like treats and presents. She got him a wheelchair yes. and an electric oh, razor right. and a typewriter. And she sets up this whole little area for him. It's so funny, too, because when she gives him the razor, she's like, now you can shave yourself. And he goes, now, if I knew that was the surprise, I would have burned all my books. <laughs> he's so like, funny. He's so funny. And like... I know he's being a dick to her, but yeah. she's very charmed by it because it's objectively funny. Right. She's like, oh, stop being such a kidder. Oh, my God. Always with that. Yeah. She's like, so <laughs> what you want to do is not necessarily what you're going to do. She's <laughs> like, you're going to write Misery's Return, and it's going to be a book in my honor for saving your life. <laughs> um, And she wheels him over to like a little chair, and she's setting everything up, and she's like, the view will inspire you. And I'm like... Hmm, you Smell. mean the promise of freedom in the outdoors? Like <laughs> every once in a while, I feel like she's just like playing like 3D chess. Yeah. You know? Um, but then at the same time, she has this like, she's like really brilliant. And then she mm-hmm. has like, she brings all this stuff and she brings ink and the typewriter. And she's like, and I got it for really cheap. It's only missing like the letter N on the keys. And like, I got the most expensive paper they had. And then she goes, did I do good? And I'm like, oh, I want to die. Yeah, and he's like, you did great. And I was like, my heart like got all warm. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, no, stop this. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Paul quickly does stop it because he tells her that he actually needs a different kind of paper that the one she got like smudges. And she's like, how can it smudge? Like if it's the most expensive one, shouldn't it be the best? And he's like, let me show you. And he like shows her and sure enough, the ink does smudge on the paper. And she like gets set off again and she's like all pissed off. She's like, I do everything for you. And what do I get in return? Like you see him notice her feelings are hurt. And he's like, you know, I'm only telling you because I want you to, I really want to fold you in on the process. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally going to work. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you're so ungrateful. And she does something that I do to dogs. And she calls <laughs> him Mr. Man. Mr. Man. <laughs> She's like, show me some respect, Mr. Man. And I was like, I think I called the cat I was cat sitting, Mr. Man, like today. I was like, like, oh no. That's how I speak to like pets and babies. Yeah, I go, I call, I call little cute things, Mr. Man. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this, <laughs> this commonality that we have. But also the reason he sends her out to get the paper is that he has spotted a bobby pin on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to pick that motherfucking lock. And it does and he take does. It, like multiple tries to pick up the bobby pin, which is so yeah. stressful to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's still very much in the stage of like one fucking wrong move and he's shattering those legs again. I know, dude. So he he does, he picks the lock because he like is like talking to himself throughout the process. He's like, you've written this a hundred times, like see if it actually works. And it does. And he's like, huh, who knew? <laughs> yeah, he's like, son of a bitch. 
Oh my God. So he wheels himself out and he tries the front door, but it's like locked from the inside. Like you need a key to leave the house. And he's like fucking typical. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of just like starts like looking around the house and he sees a phone and he picks it up and he just like is looking at it and he very slowly picks it up and it's just a shell. There's no fucking yeah. phone in there. It's just like the outside of a phone. But there's goes, no phone in bitch. it. <laughs> it's uh, like what a very it's like it's like the game house where like the books yeah. are flat. Ugh. And as he's like wheeling himself around, he she has a table full of different trinkets and tchotchkes, and he knocks over a little penguin trinket and picks it up and puts it back down. And a keen-eyed viewer will notice that he put the penguin down facing the wrong way. And literally every time I watch this movie, I'm like, Ooh, every time. Because <laughs> like we already know she's like very painstaking and everything. Like, yeah. With the most expensive paper and the like, you just can tell she would know. I mean, when you see him rocking up, they're all aligned really perfectly perfectly yeah. and like also he knocks it off and he like catches it before it hits the ground so it's like you're like oh, oh, oh. like he <laughs> fucked up even more that's so bad <laughs> my next note says she has a shrine to him dot 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 i don't see the problem <laughs> <laughs> honestly as far as shrines go it's a signed picture in all his books i'm like that's not that serious i'm like looking around like my apartment like all yeah. my paraphernalia i'm like yeah with my oh. two posters on either side of my bed my three my two copies of the same book from one author because i have one signed one and one that i've never touched like it's yeah. like i guess hers is a little more like altar like there's like yeah red velvet involved and like little candles that is true. and like that mine's more true. decor at least yeah i don't know it's still pretty bad in here <laughs> okay so he's he's still wheeling himself around the house and he finds her like medicine cabinet and he pulls out like a little like you know plastic sheet of novel um and he like sticks it in his waistband um and we've seen him a couple times like he she, she brings him food and he like uses a fork to like saw open mm -hmm. a seam on the mattress to like he's like stockpiling novel and like horrifically i was like oh so he can od and get the fuck out you know what i mean mm. i was like in the video game of misery i'm like where is the kill self button i would have given up <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm out like holy shit not not maybe at this stage but oh my god later i would have killed like, myself two days ago <laughs> i would have woken up and been like well nope i'm out <laughs> goodbye we just laid down and just died spontaneously. <laughs> I would have set myself on fire. Instead of <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, exactly. I, I thought I had that thought. I was like, he could just. <laughs> he, James Kahn is the opportunity to do the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> Squandered. <laughs> uh, but we, the audience, we see Annie starting to come back. We see her car approaching, and he's like slithering around the kitchen trying to open the door. <laughs> uh, and then he sees a knife, and I wrote Kniff. Kniff. Like, I was so stressed. I was like, uh, knife. Like, it's so bad. Because it's like you're watching him like haul himself back into the wheelchair, and she's walking over the snow, and he's wheeling, and he's like, racing. To, like, hand, like, match cuts and everything. Yeah. And then just in the middle of that thought, I was like, you know, fan fiction would really solve this problem. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's a healthy outlet. Like she could have just skipped the him part and gotten a typewriter and we would have been fine. Yep. Uh, but he managed to just like get himself back in the room, get himself back 
not into bed, but back into the room, all the doors like locked and closed, etc. So relock the door with yeah. the kick. Oh my god. And he's just drenched in sweat. And she comes in and he's like, I'm in pain. I need my pills. And then he like pivots. He's like, please make it go away, Annie. And she's like, Oh my God, you poor thing. I'm so sorry for my temper. Like, here, let me get your meds. Yeah, it's like he's starting to figure out how to play her. Yeah. Um, because like she'll she'll catch him out pretty much on lying or like flattery i don't know i mean we haven't gotten that far into the weeds yet but she's like you're dripping with perspiration like she says it so clinically yeah. and he's like and it's like you see him kind of really quickly decide and he's like you're damn right i because she's like what have you been doing he's like you know damn well what i've been doing i've been sitting here suffering so it's like you plug a little authority but then you're like please yeah please make it better oh. make it go away and then like, she geez. leaves to like go get his medicine and she blows him a kiss and he like catches it and I was laughing. Because <laughs> well, she goes, catch this. I'm like, oh. And it's like a big, she's like, mm-hmm. like a big yeah. kiss. And he just is like, it's mm-hmm. so funny. It's so good. It's like very much the Walter or whatever, the dad and elf, like the face he's always yeah. making when Buddy's doing things like it's that face. <laughs> just hit me like, wow, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um oh my god also we this is like when i noticed it was particular was particularly this scene where she's like looking down on him in a way that feels very scary and imposing like and it happens a bunch but in those i don't know why in those scenes i was like huh yeah now back to police time they Mm -hmm. found paul's car for real this time and like given the state of the it being completely covered by a snowbank they're like well he's probably dead like he's not in the car obviously he either like crawled off and froze to death in the woods or like some animals got to him but like he's definitely dead it's like a very insensitive police statement the way this yeah. is delivered it's also really funny because they're like and if anyone found him obviously they would have told us it's, it's like, like well. yeah you think you might think <laughs> um but buster is no fool and he's like literally like it says to his wife, he's like, you see the fucking marks on this door? Like, right, like no. A fucking idiot could look at that and be like, that door was pried open. Like, it's exactly. so, it's like warped and like all the metals bent. Like, yeah, it was pried open. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, what do you think? He's not dead. He's like, no, he probably is, but not the way they say. And I was like, oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Hell yeah, we are. Um, But we get that little brief snippet and then we're back in, um, Paul's like little makeshift office in the window corner and he's typing really like rapidly and you're like oh and then it flips and you see what he's typing and it's just fuck 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 <laughs> and I said that was me writing a TBD chorus I did that at least three times just fuck 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 it was just fuck over and over again and everyone laughed it works every time so he knows what he's doing he's he's already got a good start and then I forget why he's been given like a little index card or something by her. I don't remember how he got this. Oh, no, no. She gave him like a little notebook pad to have at his bed. She's like, in case you get any inspiration while you're in bed, not at the typewriter, you can write down your great ideas. And so he has taken one of those little pieces of paper. He's in his bed and he's making this like makeshift little envelope and he's splitting open all the novel pills and dumping the powder inside the envelope to like, stockpile it better and he's eating the capsules which is smart yes and eating the capsules eat that evidence yep (laughs) so finally we we do see him write a little bit and annie comes in and she's like he's like actively typing too and she's like sorry you have to fucking throw this out and he's like (laughs) huh like he's got like a solid little chunk 
And she's like, no, but it all has to go except for naming the grave digger after me. You keep that, <laughs> which I thought was so that funny. That can stay. She's like, well, because this is like a cheap thing. Like, it doesn't work. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, the fucking like night huntsman who was coming to deliver the medicine to town crashed on that horse and he died. So there couldn't have been any experimental blood transfusions. Like, <laughs> it was this whole, like, she walks yep. him point by point through his book and She's like, so like misery will have to start out from the ground where she left off because when I was a kid and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> uh, she's like, I used to go to the movies every Saturday. And it's like, misery has to go to the movies. Like I was so lost. <laughs> it's like, where are we going with this? <laughs> she's like, and I would go see like the chapter place. And he was like, oh yeah, cliffhangers. And she's like, yes, they were also called serials. I'm not stupid. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that's what I'm was. smarter than you. <laughs> Like, I think he just was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking. Like, he was getting her point, but she was like, let me finish. <laughs> and she's like, and so there's this one that I saw, and this guy drives off a cliff, and uh, his car crashes and burns, and you're like, oh, no, and you're so excited. And then you go, we, we went back the next Saturday, and it started from the cliff thing, and he jumps out of the car, and everybody was clapping, but I stood up, and I said, no! <laughs> <laughs> She's like, those chapter plays always cheated us. And he she's didn't like, get out of the cockadoody car. He didn't get out of the cockadoody car. And she's like, start over. <laughs> she's like breathing really heavy, and he's like, yeah, those fucking chapter plays, man. Crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he does start over and like presents Annie with a new draft and she fucking loves it. She loves oh it my so much. She's like twirling around. She's putting on her Liberace records. She's in the best mood ever. She says, you do like Liberace, don't you? And she's like, or he goes, every time he played Radio City Music Hall, who do you think was there in the front row? <laughs> Me as hell. <laughs> It's like, he's like, I'm not only going to lie, I'm going to lie so hard. <laughs> I'm going to lie worse. <laughs> but he capitalizes on this bout of good mood from Annie. And he's like, hey, why don't like you and I have dinner tonight? He's like, will you come have dinner with me tonight? And we can celebrate Misery's return together. Diabolical. Um Truly, she's like very Twitter painted and excited, mm -hmm. um, which is heartbreaking. I'll say it. And she gets all gussied up and she looks so pretty. Yeah. She, she looks so pretty. And does her hair and she has a nice dress on. Me feeling sorry for Annie Wilkes. No, no, me too. Because he's like, you look beautiful. And I'm like, and I know you're lying, you stupid fuck. But it's, no, you're right. You're correct. Meatloaf. You're just being an asshole. He's like, I've meatloaf. never had meatloaf so good. And she's like, well, here's my secret. I forget what the fuck it is. But fresh tomatoes and spam. <laughs> fresh tomatoes and spam. And he's like, mm, delicious. <laughs> That's like, I was so mad at him. And it's like, why? Why am I mad? He's I doing this to not die. But I'm like, don't you be mean to her. <laughs> like, she has literally like, kidnapped him and like maimed him and will do yeah. worse. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, be nice to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Support women's wrongs, except not that, not those ones. <laughs> Ooh, okay. But then he's like, let's uh, have a toast to misery. And he pours like the hardiest glasses of wine <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. Like glasses filled to the top. She's and like, stop. <laughs> and they're about to like cheers and he's like hold on hold on like let's do this right do you have any candles and she's like oh i bet i do and like hurries off to fetch the candles and he dumps his little envelope of drugs into her wine glass like swirls it around 
And this is when I think it's 3D chess because she comes back and yeah. she lights the candle and they're chit-chatting and whatever. And they go to cheers and like she somehow like fully topples over this wine glass and like breaks the glass, I'm pretty sure. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And then <sighs> she's like, she's like fussing and fretting. And of course, this is like months or weeks or days or whatever of stockpiling pain meds that were probably making him feel better. Mm -hmm. um, it's so like heartbreaking and deflating. Oh. And you see him like try not to react because like right. he, he shouldn't have any kind of reaction to that. I was like, oops, you spilled. But you just see him like freeze and like yeah. he like recalibrates in his head and he's like uh that's okay <laughs> yeah and she's like can we just forget this ever happened and i'm like hmm yeah right. maybe I'm that like, would be good for both of you purpose like do you know what it's I mean? very interesting because it's like the, the spilling the wine thing can we forget this ever happened i'm like it's not that serious and i know she's very kind of nervous yeah but like i don't know that seems shady which i love i hope I that's it. what it is you know um, we also get, oh my God, my favorite Virginia Buster interaction. Um, she's at the station and she's on the phone with somebody. Um, and they're like, do you know where Buster is? Like, I want to talk to him about something. And she's like, I never know where he is. Like, for all I know, he's off having an affair. <laughs> yeah. And he walks in and he's got this big bag and it looks like he went grocery shopping. But as he starts to unload it, it's just Paul Sheldon books. Yes. <laughs> and fucking Virginia goes, whoever it is, she likes to read. Yep. <laughs> and he goes, I'm flattered that you think I have that much energy. <laughs> They're so fucking cute. Um, but he's like, listen, like, she's like, what do you think you're going to get out of this? And he's like, well, if I can't find out like where he is, I'm going to find out what he writes about. Yeah. And she's like, what do you think? He wrote a book about a guy getting into a car accident in the snow. And I'm like, teehee. Not yet. <laughs> yes, who did? Right. Exactly. Um, so then there's like an extended montage of him writing and Annie reading and it cuts to him like he'll like whenever she's gone like sneak his arm out of the sling that it's in and he's like doing curls with the typewriter. <laughs> he's strength training baby. And then Annie comes in one day looking haggard like her hair is ah, flat like, like yeah yeah she's not her normal like bubbly self uh, bring him his pills and he's like what, what did something happen like are you okay and she's like it's the rain it gives me the blues like i, I think she explains i she just like just dead expression is like when you came here i only i only loved the writer part of paul sheldon but now i know that i love all of you um and like it seems like he might start to like before he can say anything she's like i know you don't love me like you never could like look at me i'm not a movie star like blah blah blah. she's like don't say that you do yeah and it's kind of like oh yeah don't do that she <laughs> says to him you'll never know the fear of losing someone like you if you're someone like me yep. Woof. yeah that's Felt. a beast of a line <laughs> yeah and she says she's Ugh. like you know your book's almost finished your legs are getting better like soon you're gonna want to leave and he's like why would i want that what <laughs> yeah and she's like he's he's like i like it here and she's like that's very kind of you but i don't think it's quite the truth and it's like you're like oh god oh no oh no yeah and then she has a gun oh yeah she literally goes i have this gun <laughs> she's like sometimes i think about using it i better go now i might put bullets in it ma'am yeah, this is Wendy's. 
ma'am. And then she drives off. She just leaves. Yeah. Uh, stop doing that. She drives off and Paul slithers out to the kitchen and he takes one of the big knives from the oh, butcher God, block. Oh, God, that's right. So now he has a knife. Um, What do you have? A knife. <laughs> yes. So we're brought back to Buster in Virginia because we need a little cute moment after that terrifying interaction. Uh, and they're sitting next to each other in bed and they're like doing their nighttime reading. And Buster's like engrossed in uh, Misery's trial. <laughs> and he's like, hun, they're hauling Misery into court. And she's like, that's nice. And I'm like, if that ain't me and my mom. <laughs> he is so into this fucking book. Like, it's just like him being like, and they're, and they're taking her in and like, blah, blah, blah. And the wife just being like, all right very cool and it's like my poor mother is sitting there while i explain like the plot of the five nights at freddy's movie she's like <laughs> cool. glad you're having fun <laughs> um i don't mean that as shade but it just oh it cracked me up i was like yep <laughs> oh my god and he comes across this line and he's like reading to he's like reading to himself he's like there is an authority like higher than that of man and i will be judged by him alone fire wow. <laughs> and he like goes and he writes it down and he's like really like kind of chewing on it you know yeah um, like he like sparks some kind of recognition for him that he can't quite place yet yeah i see i didn't even catch that i was just sort of like oh this is supposed to be like a funny moment he's like right, so yeah. into it but and it's then important later which is really fun so back at the farm, Paul's still out and about in the living room, and he finds this scrapbook titled Memory Lane. It's this big red scrapbook, and it's open to a page with clippings of articles about his disappearance. And he's like, okay. And so he starts like going back in the scrapbook and looking at all the past entries. There's like clippings about articles about the death of her father, um, clippings of articles about a nursing student falling to her death, um, about Annie getting a bunch of promotions at the hospital when her coworker died. And then we get some articles about dead babies. So many articles about dead babies, my God. Followed by an article saying that she was arrested. <laughs> and he's like, mm, I'm gonna go back to bed now. <laughs> They're like the dragon lady put behind bars. Yes. And I'm like, the what? The who? Um, it's also interesting because like the nursing student and the dad both died like falling from great heights. And I'm like, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, yep. Um, but yeah, she's killing her way to the top and, and now presumably has fallen somewhat from grace, if not very far from grace. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he gets back in bed and he's having stabbing practice. <laughs> yes, he's like practicing unsheathing his knife from his sling. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, you gotta rehearse, you know? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to fumble. <laughs> no, not that one. That'd be bad. Um, and he kind of, he sort of settles on like a little technique yep. and he goes, see in the morning. And we just kind of watch him like lay back and stare angrily at the ceiling, except we're the ceiling and it's very cool. Yeah. So Annie finally returns and just immediately injects him with something that knocks him straight out. Yeah, he, she's like a big thunder jump scare. Yeah. He wakes up an undetermined amount of time later and Annie's there and she just says, I know you've been out. And he's now tied down to the bed. Oh. 
Uh-oh. I immediately went to One Eyed Jacks. I thought they were gonna get him hooked on. Mm. Um, like I thought she, they, I thought she was gonna get him hooked on drugs, which I guess like she kind of did. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I'm immediately, my mind's going a mile a minute. I'm very nervous for what's about to happen. And you're and right it to be. Turns out, yeah, it was worse than what I thought. In my humble opinion, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Not that addiction isn't a lifelong issue, but this is also going to be a lifelong issue. So. <laughs> It's so, because she's like, oh, my penguin wasn't facing due south like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, we almost, like, they almost let us forget about it, you know? Yep. Because when she's like, I know you've been out, I was like, oh, the fucking penguin. But it was like, I had just started to forget about it. And then it was like, oh, God. She noticed the penguin. He, like, starts reaching for his knife under the mattress, but she has it. She's like, and I found your knife, and I found your little bobby pin key, and I know I left my scrapbook out, and I know you saw it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she like doesn't acknowledge it at all. Like I mean, mm-hmm. she it, but she's like doesn't. We're not going to confront what's in it. She's like, no, you must be pretty confused or something. Yeah, she's like, um, it's okay. You just need more time to accept being here. Yes. Oh, and then like uh, again on the like, I think Lady Gaga's an interesting artist. She's like, you know what they used to do in the diamond mines? <laughs> and he's like, what? Like, no, I don't. Yeah, and she's like, um, oh my god. She's like, well, the native workers, if they ever stole a diamond, you know, like they do something pretty messed up. And she's like, don't worry, they wouldn't kill them. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Like, right. She's like, because they needed to make sure they could still work. Um, so obviously killing them would lose labor. She said something really, she said something really fucked up. She's like, that would be like, um, killing them would be like trashing a Mercedes just because it has a broken spring or something. And I'm yeah. like, it's pretty racist, dog. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, and she's like yeah so they used to do something different um she's like the procedure was called hobbling and then she just like puts this wooden block between his ankles and i just like immediately had to, well no she says it's called hobbling and i immediately had to pause i was like i started feeling sick i was like, like no, i'm not no, ready no, to no, see no. it and then it hasn't even happened yet she's still just describing it she's like they had to make sure that they could go on working but that they couldn't run away so they would merely hobble them he's like okay wait a minute like slow down and she just like pops up this like metal sledgehammer yeah like, do you know oh, what i mean you look at it, it's green <laughs> metal I, like I, f- I feel faint <laughs> yeah so she's got the block of wood between his ankles and she just swings back like she's like hitting a baseball she swings yeah. all the way back and he's just like please no please don't do this and she just slams a sledgehammer into his foot and you just see it like you see it go plot, like it just like swings and like boings, you know <laughs> it's so I, gnarly i feel like i'm gonna pass out and they show the whole thing it's crazy yeah and then he's like screaming and sobbing and wailing because how fucking low and then she's like don't worry just one more and i'm like "Uh i want to die and like she does the other one i just wrote ankle period all lowercase i was like i'm not gonna get into that one um but she like stops and she's kind of like god i love you and i was like okay so that totally was sexual just there yeah that was and the next thing I have written down ridiculously is you cock a duty, you poop. 
<laughs> you fucking poop because Annie's <laughs> absolute poop driving to town to get more paper. I don't know what the fuck she's doing, but the sheriff sees her like almost get into a crash with some other driver and experiences road rage in which she calls him a poop and a cockatoo. <laughs> the most Christian road rage in the world. And this like display of outrage seems to like jog the sheriff's memory or make him think of something. And he goes straight to the library and he's looking through all these articles and he finds one written about Annie's arrest and realizes that she quoted that line from Paul's book. And he's like, hmm, <laughs> she must seems really like this guy. Yeah. It's like, seems like this lady who killed a bunch of babies and screams at people without really cursing might be a little bit nut nuts <laughs> yep and boy does she go fucking nut nut <laughs> she does this is like inconsequential but she's home like playing with the animals and paul sees her out the window and she goes hi pumpkin and he flips her off <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's, it's just so, so she's good. like oh you <laughs> yeah you kidder it's so it's like, funny the the time that like she has like the thinnest grip on yeah. their relationship like he's not even like it's he's not even faking it to he to just stay safe he's like you just mean. broke my ankles fuck you hi pumpkin <laughs> crazy also like not to be like this because like me coded thing just not in the context of like a legal trial but like dropping a verbatim book quote on the front steps of a courthouse where you were just like not sentenced for killing so many infants oh my god that's embarrassing <laughs> like yeah, my yearbook quote may have been, everyone all right, plenty of slaves from my robot colony, TARS, comma, interstellar. That's pretty bad, <laughs> but it's no that. It's no that. That was a crazy choice. I put like four <laughs> different quotes. It was the most ADD thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, so Buster goes to the general store to ask about Annie, like what her purchasing habits have been um she has bought all of paul's books and he's like anything else odd and the store owner's like well unless you call typing paper odd and now he's like okay yeah. <laughs> i like, think he's like fishy. i don't know exactly what's going on here but something is amiss yeah it's like the um it's like experiencing paranoia like warning yeah. something something <laughs> Uh, and he's like, did like did Miss Wilkes do something wrong? And he's like, not a thing. And then he promptly drives to her house <laughs> without telling anyone where he's going. I know. It's like, yippee, he's coming. And then it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> he, too, is a man driving alone to this like abandoned farm at the edge of town. And Paul sees like the cop car driving up the road. He's like, oh, thank fucking Christ. Like, this is going to be it. And then Annie marches in and sticks him with a sedative and dumps him in the basement and she's like after everything i do for you i'm like you Bitch. don't have a phone how could he have done this <laughs> and like in what possible way it's so fucking funny because buster gets to the door and she greets him and he's like hello do you know anything about paul sheldon and then she gives him like his wikipedia life history <laughs> she's like yeah he was born 45 years ago in like massachusetts or some shit and she's like uh, and and these are his parents' names, and he was a mediocre student of history. And I'm like, he's like, okay, so uh, do you mind if I take a look around your home? 
She's given him like the full tour and taken him through the rooms, takes him into what is Paul's room. And she's like, you know, it's the craziest thing. God told me to write as if I was Paul Sheldon. So I bought a typewriter and a bunch of paper. Like she's really good at coming up with plausible stories for her nutness. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so funny to me that she's not shy about like the like divine intervention from God. Yeah. Like she'll lay that right out, but she's like, oh yeah, you know. And so it turns out fan fiction is the solution. Yep. Uh, she also has such a great line. It's like another, this is like the 3D chess thing where she's like, yeah, you know, I, I love Paul Sheldon. Like I have every single, I have all of his books. I have every sentence he's ever written down. And she does. And she does. Well, as of yet, she has every single book he's written. Even if one is an oogie mess of ashes and water. <laughs> She, like, insists on making the share of Coco, which is very strange to me. They have yeah. this, like, hilarious oh interaction where, like, she goes to the kitchen. He peeks his head out, like, from the room to watch her down the hallway to watch when she's gone. But then she's, like, watching him from the kitchen. And they both just stand there staring at each other for, like, a couple of beats too long. <laughs> and then they, like, both go back and then they go out again. And yes. they're like, <laughs> and so then he goes or so she goes into the kitchen and he books it upstairs to snoop around um at this point also paul like starts coming too but it's right as like the sheriff is leaving and saying goodbye to annie so you're like oh no he's gonna miss it but they also fake us out because she finds him just standing in her bedroom mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, she's totally going to kill him, but she totally doesn't. But it's at this moment that I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Would any of this be admissible in court? No. Right. Yeah. You can't just do that. You need a warrant or it doesn't hold up. So Buster is leaving. And as he's like walking out the door, pretty much, he hears like some clattering going on. And he like, I think he thinks like Annie has fallen or something, yeah. you know, so he comes back in. He was like, Miss Wilkes, are you all right? And then he hears Paul screaming for help. So he opens the like basement door, which is like kind of like a fake out wall. Yeah, he has to like push it to, for it to pop out, you know? Yeah. And he finds him like at the bottom of the stairs sprawled out there. And you're like, thank God. But then Annie shoots the sheriff right through the back, like shoots him clean through. Like full shotgun, like big asshole that's tough so rough dude i said god fucking damn it <laughs> and then we take another alarming pivot in which oh. annie says we were meant to be together forever and now our time on earth must end it will be so beautiful don't be afraid like this is just what we have to do yeah she's like i have a bullet for me and a bullet for you like it's gonna be great um and like she's like you know like i love you and like we have to do this he's like i love you too and i know we must die yeah and she's like, like you're right she's like oh my god i'm i am right right like and then he says but he says we must die so that misery can live right like we must finish the book and she's like, we don't have time. Like people, like someone's going to come and like find us she's out. Like, Others are coming. Like she gets like yeah. very Old Testament. Like, Ugh. right. And he's like, don't worry. Like it'll be done by dawn. Like, let me just crank out this last chapter. <laughs> um, And she's like, okay, I'll go make you something to eat. 
Uh, and James Caan, aka Paul Sheldon, is yet again just shoving junk in his trunk. He um, shoves so much shit in his little sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's literally like when you play a video game and like every item you collect somehow like fits in your pockets. He's just shoving shit in the waistband of his <laughs> pants. It's like they just produce a sword from kind of like the vicinity of their body. <laughs> I always think about it when I was playing Life is Strange 2 and I was in the hospital and I pulled like the bar off the wall. And then it's like, you just have that now. And I'm like, where is that? I'm in a hospital <laughs> gown. Where am I keeping this? I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 and I loot everything in sight all mm -hmm. the time because you need it sometimes. But there are things that like you really can't do anything with except maybe sell them for like one gold piece. Yep. And they're they can be so sometimes they're like you can't take this whole bathtub with you. But like I can take like like scientific like fucking like glass like bottles and like decanters and shit. It's so funny. And she's like I wish I had a bag. I'm like, yeah, that would Me help, too. wouldn't it? <laughs> to carry around like this cast iron pot that I kind of didn't mean to pick up. <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay so he finally finishes but she's like she comes in and she's like oh my god this is so romantic like i love what you have so far like is she gonna end up with like ian or whitmore or somebody and she's like oh my gosh the dual wait no don't tell me blah, blah, blah. so he's like listen i'm almost done i just need three things and she's like yeah i know <laughs> she's like you need your cigarette you need the match to light it and you need your dom perignon <laughs> dom perignon so while she's flitting about gathering all these items, he makes a torch essentially with like a yeah. bunch of pieces of paper. He like rolls them up into a torch and douses them in lighter fluid, fluid, <laughs> and douses them with lighter fluid. And so she comes back in and he's just brandishing this makeshift torch. And he's like, everything you want to know about misery is right here. And he lights it on fire and throws it on the ground. And she like screams and wails and dives on the ground to get it and like tries to put out the fire yeah she catches and she just pats it out on her her arm i was like you're brave dude yeah that fire spread him all that practice he's been doing pressing the typewriter while she's on the ground trying to put out the fire he picks up the typewriter and oh. drops it on her head that's crazy i don't yep. remember that <laughs> yeah it's crazy um oh my god well that's also she she she's like you can't burn the book and he's like why not i learned it from you yep uh, and that was really good too. That's crazy. I was like so distracted by making what I think is such a funny joke. That's probably not very funny. <laughs> but anyway, they start fighting. Oh my God. And he like sticks his fingers in her eyes and she does yep. bleed a little bit. It's horrific. So gross. And they're, you know, beating the shit out of each other and they're on the ground and he's on top of her, I think trying to like choke her out or something. Uh, and he like totally looks like he's going to get the upper hand. Uh, but then she knees him in the balls and I said, ha, typical penis L. Typical penis L. <laughs> um, but then, oh my God. And you're like, damn. But then he trips her with his own legs. Yes, That's he, like, incredible. Well, before before he trips her. So, um, straight eyes punches her. She shoots him with the gun, non-fatally. Oh, like, yeah. Just like the arm or something. She shoots him. He knocks her over. And then he starts shoving pieces of the burnt manuscript in her mouth. Oh, my God. He goes, you want to eat it, you sick, twisted fuck. And I was it's like. gnarly. You know what? Yeah. It was really, it's horrifying to look at. He's shoving it in her mouth. And then she like tries to get up. And he swings his, like, dead immobile leg out and, like, trips her with it. And then she smashes her head on the corner of the typewriter and she's yep. down. God, and 
you're like watching him crawl out of the room like in overhead like you see her go down we get an mm-hmm. overhead shot of them both like on the ground her bleeding out and then it's just like painful like a few moments too long of just him army crawling across yep. the floor until the camera cuts and um he like makes it out into the hallway moments previous you see her bleeding out on the side of the typewriter and i was like she's getting back up and i was like all right you just did the scream episode (laughs) killer always comes back but i'm like stop being ridiculous and as like that exact exactly the second i finally let my guard down she pops up in like the most terrifying jump scare ever she's up i jumped out of my fucking skin Ooh, and then James Kahn grabs this little figurine statue. Well, not little. It's pretty big and seems to be very heavy, made of like brass or something. Statue of Misery, the sow, not the oh, book yeah. character. <laughs> um, and then he bashes her head in a couple of times and she's like, she's down, down. She's dead, dead for real this time. So we cut to oh, quite a while later and he's back in New York. 18 months later, it tells 18 us. 18 months. There you go. Um, and he walks with a cane now because mm-hmm. no shit. And he goes to meet Marsha, his agent, for dinner. And it's like the the like re-education of like Peter Thomas or something. Something. Um, it's his new series or maybe yeah. a standalone book, but it's not a misery book. Right. And it's like not a romance novel. Like it's like hardcover and like, yeah. Well, I mean, he's other hardcover books, but it's, it's, you know, it looks very like professional and everything. And Marsha's like, listen, like I've already had two calls from like, contacts i have in like the new york times or newsweek or whatever and like they love it they wrote rave reviews and you're probably Mm -hmm. about to get another one um and he's like oh wow and she's like how are you not more excited about this because he used to want that validation so badly like he's finally being taken seriously as a author yeah like there's discussion about like awards Mm -hmm. um and he's like you know in a way annie helped me like i just wrote this for me yeah and it's like i don't know if we should frame it like that but okay <laughs> yeah it's like listen whatever helps you heal at this point sure and his agent is like listen since you brought her up i literally have to ask you mm-hmm. would you ever write a book about this and he goes you mean dredge up the worst horror of my life so we can make a few bucks very self-aware Stephen. good job <laughs> but oh my god he like looks up and it's fucking annie like mm-hmm. all dressed in waiter garb like rolling a little cart down the thing and she like pulls the knife out like in the way where she's like looking for this like it's a very iconic gif i feel yeah. like and she does that kind of motion and he's like yeah you know even though i know she's dead sometimes i still find myself thinking about her and she's like walking in and we kind of break that shot and then come back and it's just like a regular waitress with brown hair yeah <laughs> um thank god but i love the way he's like talking to like the apparition you know yeah um and she says the craziest thing ever. <laughs> um, would you care to tell them, Riley? Yeah, she's like, so sorry to interrupt. Are you Paul Sheldon, the writer? I just have to tell you, I'm your number one fan. Oh, and that's oh. the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, thank you. That's very sweet. And like, as the screen starts to fade to black, like he's like, the smile starts to fade. It's so scary. And the song that plays during their like romantic dinner starts playing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So good. Final thoughts on Misery, Tara. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> it's a, it's just a good movie. It's just it's so good. So good. I love like, it. Not to be like this, not to be like, I'm not even scared sometimes of the movies we've been watching. Like, it's not that, mm-hmm. but like, 
sometimes like things will be objectively scary, but I just don't like feel super scared. Yeah. I was out of my wits <laughs> with this Literally. fucking movie. And like, this is a movie I've seen like probably like between like three and five times in my lifetime, you know, like I've seen it more than yeah. once. And like, still I could, I had to close my eyes just when he was getting out of the bed. I couldn't look at yeah. it. Like I straight up, I like flinched away from the screen. And I'm like, that doesn't happen to me very often in movies. Right. Like I cannot look at what's happening. That was the worst feeling of like pausing, <sighs> thinking I was about to see the results of the hobbling and then it hadn't even started yet. I know, dude. Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be like while he was out, she like broke his legs and it was nope, like, nope, nope, nope. Live in front of a studio audience, in fact. <laughs> well, Tara, would you care to guess what the Bravo TV network chose as the 12th scariest movie moment of all time? Is it the hobbling? It's the hobbling. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, and I'm finding this happening more and more often as we get higher up on the list. Like the segments are just people like talking about how good the movie is yeah. rather than like the scene specifically. Cause, but this one, you've got Rob Reiner and Stephen King and George Hell Romero, yeah, Mary Lambert, Jennifer Tilly. Everyone's just like, oh. this is the best movie. And everyone is just fucking gagged over Kathy Bates. They're just like, Hell she's yeah. so amazing. That's Stephen King talks about when he saw like the first dailies from the movie. He's like, she was just to die for. She was so good. Like Stephen King loves Kathy Bates so much. I love that. <laughs> Literally, he wrote um, Dolores Claiborne, which is another Stephen King adaptation yes. that uh, Kathy Bates is in. He wrote that book with the for intention her. of her being in the movie. <laughs> I love that so much. He loves her so much. It's so, and then like everyone does talk about the scene specifically, and it's just different cuts of people going like, huh, just gagging <laughs> and yelling. It's so funny. <laughs> They're so right. Oh, I forgot. Stephen King also says a turn of phrase I've never heard before. He talks about like, the inspiration for writing misery you know and he's like well like as an author myself i've had experiences with fans who were a little loose in their shoes is what he says i've never heard and that i've either. never heard that before but i'm obsessed with it that's really good they were a little loose in their shoes i was literally sitting here being like i wonder how many times people say to him i'm your number one fan thinking they're so funny and oh, then i God. remembered that when jk rowling thought he was being transphobic she was like i've always been your number one fan <laughs> it's like, and then great. somebody was like hey steven do you hate trans people and he was like no way. what <laughs> is that what that was <laughs> and they were like yeah and he was like oh sorry and then she blocked him <laughs> He's like such a classic example of like old man really tries to get it right, but often yeah. like makes it worse by trying to be good. <laughs> right. Hey, Riley. Hello, Tara. <laughs> I am afraid. <laughs> this time you should be. <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> what movie are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a movie from the year 1999, directed by Takashi Miike. Fuck! It's called Audition. I've been waiting <laughs> with just such pure terror for this I know, movie. I know, dude. You said 1999, and I was like, it's going to be Audition. And then I said Takashi Miike, and it was over. Yeah. That's, I ordered oh. them in that way, very specifically, by like what would give it away. For those who aren't familiar with Audition, I'll read it's the synopsis. It's a very long needle. That's all I know, and I'm very afraid. Yeah, like, 
to be fair, like the movie has very horrifying moments, as we will see. Yeah. But as like a movie, it's just kind of like incoherent. Like it's going to be a very interesting episode because it's just like <laughs> unrelated scenes. <laughs> Sounds about right. But okay, seven years after the death of his wife, company executive Ioma is invited to sit in on auditions for an actress. Leafing through the resumes in advance, his eye is caught by Yamazaki Asami, a striking young woman with ballet training, and that's the whole synopsis. <laughs> That is so funny. Like, okay, this is not a spoiler because literally what the movie is about. He is yeah. like auditioning women to be his new wife is what that yep. is. Makes a lot of sense. Um, with interesting results. It's very interesting yeah. that these two movies come like back to back. So I feel like they have a lot of similarities, actually. Yeah. So that's cool. Going to be oh God. really horrific. <laughs> I'm so nervous, dude. It's a gnarly movie. Uh, it's gnarly. This one, like I literally I can't watch this in the living room. Like my roommate cannot see oh, no, a second yeah. of this. This is gonna be alone in my bedroom. I gotta make sure I watch this during the daytime. Yep. Oh, if you wanna witness my last night on earth, um probably <laughs> join us next week um for me to spontaneously combust on the podcast uh, and if you want to keep up with us from um now until then which you should <laughs> uh, follow us on social media at fright your life on twitter and instagram you can also follow riley and i on our individual twitters at riley cassidy one and at tara elwood and you can join us next week as we try to give you the fright the fright of your, of your life, life. Ooh. Ooh.